A conversation can change the way you think, how you feel, or even what you believe. So no matter what the conversation's about, it's not for nothing. Hello and welcome to Not For Nothing. I'm Kyle Leon Henderson and today I'm bringing you a special treat. Something I've never done before. I'm taking you on a double date with me and Ethan. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, Ethan and I went over to our friends Nick and Janae Hernandez's house. And Nick and Janae, I met them earlier this year and sort of just became fast friends, especially with Janae. We actually even started doing work together. Um, in some of our projects that we were working on. And so we decided it's time to get these couples together. And so we did a couple of weeks ago. And benevolently, they let me bring the recording equipment and record our double date. So what you're about to hear is me talking to Nick and Janae. And later on, Ethan shows up after work and we have wine. We have, of course, like true millennials, a charcuterie board. Um... But yeah, as we open on this episode, you will see that when you get industry babies talking, um, they just can't help but tell the juicy stories. And so as we open, Nick is telling us about his time on working on Glee. And from there, we go right into the episode. So grab some wine and go on this double date with us. Enjoy. I did some, it's funny, there was a, there was a time in my life where I was doing like I was like jumping between background work when there were no PA gigs and then PA gigs when I could get them. And like background was always like a fallback because I had made friends with a lot of the casting directors at central casting. Uh So I could like, I had their direct line and I'd be like, it's funny. I'd always, there was one that always did all the Disney and Nickelodeon shows and her name was Nikki. And I was like, so good. I was such good friends with Nikki and I'd be like, Hey Nikki, it's Nick. And then she'd be like, "Yeah, don't say your last name. Like I don't know a thousand Nicks." And I'd be like, "Come on." And she'd be like, "Yeah, I know it's you." Um, <laughs> so, um, well. and then as when I was a PA, we would use her on the shows. So she'd come around to talk to like the second second. Uh-huh. So I was like making inroads for when I didn't have work. When I did have work, um, but anyways, yes, I would. I did both on Glee, and I was doing background a day where I like heard the whispers that like some PA or something got fired because they like brought the wrong bottled water to Leah Michelle. And really? Yeah. It was just like one of those sets where, you know, you watch the show and you're like, wow, everything's so fun. Well, two and things I know about Glee. Yeah. Tell me. Um, that it was kind of a hostile work environment. Oh my gosh, so hostile. And people won't stop dying from that show. Yeah. yeah. So spooky. Spooky. Like anyway, Hi, I'm Kyle Leon Henderson, and welcome to Not For Nothing, the show where I bring you all the conversations that I am having on a daily basis, or the ones that I want to be having very soon. And today, we are taking you on a double date. Yes, Except my date is not here yet. So today, (laughs) I'm sitting with uh, Nick Hernandez and his wife, Janae, who are now my dear friends. Yes. (laughs) And I had the idea, so this may not be very kosher. But I steal ideas from other podcasts, and I listen to a podcast called Double Date, mm-hmm. starring Marlo Thomas and Phil Donahue, where they go on double dates with other famous people. And I'm like, well, I don't know any of those couples. That's so sure. That is fun. That's it's a great it's a idea. really cool episode. It's, so I'm like, I'll do that on my show. But then um, Kate Hudson and Oliver Hudson do a show called Sibling Revelry. Where they go and they sit down with siblings, oh. famous people and their siblings. Mm. And I'm like, I'll do that too. So I love that. Maybe at some point because I got a sister. But anyway, <laughs> I'm excited because this is the first sort of double date we've done. Yes. I'm so excited. And I'm also really excited to be on your podcast. Thank you for coming on because I, w- I knew for a fact, I was like, they're my people. I'm going to have them <laughs> on the show. And that's, and that's the sad part about living in Hollywood is that at some point, 
you're either going to hope you work together or just make it happen. Mm. That's true. And, mm-hmm. and we're like, let's hang out. And I'm like, I'll bring my recording equipment and we'll mm. do a show. Too. Classic Hollywood conversation. It's very, yeah. It's and, and we're, and we have wine. We yeah. certainly have wine, but it's, but it's not, <laughs> but it's not that much fun. Don't move here. Stay wherever you are. Right. We're, no, no, we're no, all no. full like, in California. Like, There's too many, <laughs> too many. Any people. moment oh, your house so will be bad. destroyed. Oh my goodness. By There's a, a fire outside. Fire, oh, mudslide. Yeah. Or but anyways, it's fabulous if you're here already. Yeah. Well, and everybody here has the story where Andy Dick threw up on them. Yeah. So yep. That happened just, to me. It's as somebody who's <laughs> born and raised in Los Angeles, it's so funny to see the sheer amount of people that come here because they've grown up just seeing it on TV. Yeah. And they're just like, I need to come here. And then it's so funny. Not funny. I guess it's a little sad. The, the, there's there's almost the same amount of people leaving every day mm-hmm. than there is as coming every day with you know with the, the same dream. people that left rewind a couple months right. ago and those were those people coming in going I'm gonna I'm gonna make it in L A well, that was me that yeah, was me that was me too yeah but then I'm, we have a friend our our a friend of ours sorry I didn't mean to cut you no, off no, you a friend ahead. of ours is now leaving L A because he's just like oh, I wasn't I I couldn't it make it I'm happen. gonna move back in with my parents and he's moving That's back to a st- up north. Up, yeah, and up north. Oh wow! Um, and it's you just you hear that every All day. All the time. Yeah. So I, it's really interesting. Like, so I want to talk to you, Janae, because you moved here to do things, and you're doing them. Um, <laughs> because I did too, Nick. I'm sorry, you've lived here your whole life, so you I don't have, have that perspective. How, like, it's interesting the people who have that that mindset who were like, I'm going to come here and I'm going to do it when others couldn't. Mm-hmm. But then also they leave very quickly. And yes. it's just so interesting. Oh yeah. I've had many friends along the, along the way, along mm-hmm. my journey here that I meet and I think, Oh, they're so fun. They're so great. Oh, we're going to be friends. And then I always yeah. know they always go, Hey, are you free to get dinner sometime? Get lunch sometime. And Without a fail, when that text comes, it's like I always get that same feeling, and I go, either they're telling me they're going to move back home, yeah, or they're going to have a baby. And oh, really? Is that, <laughs> it's that's, like that's the two sides the, of a coin. Yes, that's what. Wow. It, at least for me, and that you, like you, let's get dinner, and, and, let's get and lunch. And usually they're in, in conjunction. Way. They're yeah. like, we're having a baby. Oh, that's great. So we're going to move to home. Tennessee, <laughs> and you're like, oh well, I guess we're done being friends. Now. That well, is what's hard about this area. You. 100% you will get neither of those texts from me. I love ever. it. Good. Yes. <laughs> I just relaxed so, a little more. That's I'm so good. glad that you have a beautiful, well-behaved baby that I hope to get to know very well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because I need that influx of like child energy because I'm oh, never yeah. having them. Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna make friends with people who have them because I'm never You're having gonna them. You're going to be the cool uncle. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. But tonight, we are sitting here at night. We're recording at night. Um. That's why we have wine. That's why we have wine. We, we do need to explain that to you. <laughs> so maybe if this is, if you're listening at 10 a.m., pause, turn it back on tonight when you can get some wine and have wine with us. Yeah. Um, I've been th- I've I think a lot about adult friendships mm. and how you make friends like you make friends as adults. Yeah. So and hard. It's so but it's weird too because it's weird because it's almost like there's everything in an adult life is. Like I need to schedule meetings or I need to schedule like yeah. scheduling things. So well, it's and almost you have an agenda when so you're an adult. Yeah, where but you al- don't when you're a kid. No, when you're a kid, you're like, let's be friends, and like that was the end of the conversation. Like, all you needed was to live next door to someone, and yep. you're like, well, and, that's and enough were, for me. And you were yeah. friends. right there. Here right. we are. Right. But as an adult, you're like, hey, do you want to hang out? And all of a sudden, you're like whipping out your calendar, and you're like, yeah. mm, I have a call here, and I have to go drop off this thing here. Well, so you're like, and I also I'm, feel like for yeah. me, I find myself thinking thinking about making friends in a way that I'm like, based on first impressions, how much do I want to invest time in this person? If That's I, so do true. I really, am I really going to commit to being like someone that they can call? Well, <laughs> and do you find too that it's hard to commit to what it takes to be a good friend sometimes? Yeah. yeah. Like I, 
I hated. I, I had this thing where I hated people in LA that are flakes. You make a plan oh, and then gosh. they cancel. Tell and then I find it. myself doing it more than I'd mm. like. I feel that. I, I do like, feel that. Ah, I do it. Flake? I do it more than I like. But I have also I met my fair share of flaky friends here. You don't seem like a flake. Nick. No, I, I, I really don't like. I, if I text somebody like on a Tuesday saying, yeah. "Hey, on Saturday at eight o'clock, we're gonna hang out." Uh-huh. I can ex- I would expect yeah. that if we did not talk up until that point, that I would see you on Saturday at eight o'clock at that right. time. I don't need a text on Thursday going, "Hey, are we still on?" And yeah. then Friday going, "Just making sure we're good for tomorrow." I've like, had this. Experience. This isn't like a plane that we're chartering together. We're gonna go like hang out. Right. I should have been able to like. Like I put it in my calendar, and I just know that I have to do that thing. Mm-hmm. Why can't you put it? I yeah. I in some ways I feel like I'm much older than I am because right. I'm like I'm gonna call you on the phone and go, hey Saturday, yeah great, see you then. Yeah, and then we don't talk until then because if we have set we're gonna, the date and the time. We're gonna save our Saturday. talking. Why do you need to hear from me? We're gonna again save until our Saturday. talking until Saturday <laughs> because if not, we won't have anything to talk about. Like, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I don't. someone that mm-hmm. Janae and I know, and I won't say their name mm-hmm. because it's just not fair. Mm-hmm. Of course. But they do But that. you'll tell me after we Ooh, stop recording. I don't recording. know who this is. I will. I will say that. I will <laughs> oh tell you. Because we love them dearly. Mm-hmm. But they've, do- they've done this to me. Like, <gasps> I, I said, D- we're going to make a plan for this day mm-hmm. for something. Yes, yes, yes. We're going to do that. This time, this date. Okay, I'll see you then. And then on Friday, oh. it, was, it was a Saturday. I was like, hey, are we Mm-mm. good for Sunday? And they said, well, I never heard back from oh, you, man. so I just assumed we weren't doing it. I was like, oh. what do you mean you never heard back from me? We made a plan I for had, a date yeah. and a time and a place. I have, I had people Why in do you my need life to hear back sure. from me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I had people in my life like that that I cut out yeah. because it was just not – it was like this is we're – fr- we're not actually friends. Yeah. We're like two strangers. Well, see, this person like is our friend. Texting sure. dates it's at each other. It's our mutual friend oh. that did this to me. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, you learn. You do you think that? Do you learn. think that's just the the attitude in LA with people? So many people that are transplants. Because you remember, I heard a quote once, and it really stuck out to me. LA is full of people that were too good for their hometown. Whoa. Okay. So I just got chills when you said <laughs> that. Yeah. Like that's. Be- oh, that's so imagine a, ta- a, a, a town full of people that were all too good for their they hometown. They were the big fish in the small pond. pond. But and now we're just a bunch of big fish in, in a, a big we pond. Really big are. pond. But we're all big. So you're like Ooh. budding personalities. And like I expected you to be the one to mm-hmm. text me back. And everybody's like, well, I expected you to be the one to but text me back. But you know what's interesting that you say that? Yeah. Is that we all are the big fish from our small pond. But we come here with these insecurities of like, do they like me? Do they yeah. not like me? And I then there's people like me so that were born oh here God. and we're this like, is... can I just live my life and, <laughs> and, and, and drive down so, the 405 at five o'clock without well, hating that's my life? not going to happen. Well, it ever. happened before. During COVID. It, Cur- could, during COVID. I was about to say before Hollywood, <laughs> but no, Hollywood, you know, people came over no. here to get away from Edison's patents and, yeah. you know, all that. Mm-hmm. So there was no 405. Um, yeah. Mulholland yeah. gave us the water. Yeah. Thank you so yeah. Much. There's a big tube <laughs> next to a fountain <laughs> with his name on it right there. On, you know, I'll, I'll show you later. Okay. Um, oh, anyways. Um, yeah. I love I mean, LA history and it's so funny that you're I into history too. and I love old TV history and I feel like there's mm-hmm. nobody to talk to about that except I'm for here. Janae. Here I am. And then Janae oh sometimes like, stop, I'm getting ready for work and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, my, I have this, well, I have Ethan and I, Ethan mm-hmm. will hopefully be on the show later. If he doesn't make it in time, it's fine. Um, cause he's coming after work. Mm-hmm. He just might not make it for the show. Um, but Ethan and I have a couple, a friend couple who my, she's my best friend, one mm-hmm. of my best friends. And she just, uh, is with a boyfriend who is French and he's mm-hmm. from France and he's in the process of staying here, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. But he had never seen Olive Lucy. <gasps> and so he's wow. like, who is this Lucy oh person? <gasps> and I was like, that's oh. amazing to even consider someone who doesn't know. That is one of my favorite memories of all time. Yeah. Showing this French man. Oh my gosh. Lucy for the, the first time. The people that invented the multicam format. not breathe. Oh my watching gosh. Lucy. He was, he was so laughing good. so hard. I need to tell you a tidbit. Um, when I worked on a show on Disney XD called um, Ant Farm. 
I remember Ant you Farm. You remember Ant Farm? I it, do. it filmed at Hollywood Center Studios. Because I used to work at the Disney Store in my mall in Birmingham, Alabama. Well, actually in Hoover, Alabama. R.I.P. Oh, Disney Store. R.I.P. Disney right. Store is closing all North American locations. Oh, are they really? They're closing all of them? All, it was they just announced, announced like yesterday or today. Today. Wow. Wow. But anyways, That's sad. Um, Go ahead. it filmed at Hollywood Center Studios, which mm-hmm. if I my history serves me correctly, was a studio lot that was started by Howard Hughes and... It's also where we met. It's also you where... You guys met no, at No, 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 baby. We met at Center, LA, LA, LA Center. Center. I'm talking about Hollywood Center. Oh. That then Just became... Was it, did it become wah, Sunset? Wah. I think it Drink might your have, wine. It, it might have Janae. become <laughs> Sunset Gower Studios, but it's yeah. on Sunset and Gower. Or no, no. Is it Sunset Gower? No, my goodness. It's... um. <laughs> No, maybe it is Sunset Gower. Oh, there's so many studios with like the name right. is just three well, no, And also right there at Sunset Gower is so many studios no, that became Paramount. No, no, no. no, Sunset Gower is where they filmed, where they have KTLA 5. And it's, um, I think it became Netflix now, but I think Panavision. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Or, or uh, Color, Coda, Color, uh, Technicolor What's is the there. point of your story, Nick? Okay, anyways, let's move boy, on I'm, now. Okay, anyways, at <laughs> local ho- boy, tell okay, me all in in, in in <laughs> 2012, 13, when it was called the Hollywood Center Studios, <laughs> it was the they had the stages where I Love Lucy was originally yeah. shot mm-hmm. there, and we used to film on those stages. And up in the okay. up in the rafters, they had a cardboard cutout of a little like Philip Morris. Telegram Call boy. For Philip Morris. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> they had that up in the rafters from when I Love Lucy shot there. And it okay, was so, so cool. Can I pause your story yeah, for a second? Yeah. You told me that you did a thing with your job to work with Lucy Arnaz. Yeah. I thought it was cute. I thought it was really neat. And now you're just kind of starting to get on my nerves. I'm sorry. <laughs> With all this Lucy, this these times where you touch Lucy. I'm so sorry. Yeah. It's okay. I'm um, so we shot, we like, <laughs> we would film there. Um, and I remember there were images on the walls outside of the Marx Brothers. So I think the Marx Brothers shot yeah. some stuff there. And I know it was room Howard, service. Howard Hughes was there. Yeah. Room service starring Marilyn Monroe for 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love I love that story where she was on the posters and Lucille Ball was in Room Service too. No, she was not. Yes, she was. What, what was she in Room Service? She was a, a bit girl. Oh, yeah. Jeez, I don't even. I wouldn't even recognize her as Lucille well, she Ball. She looked really different in the '30s. No, she did. Because it wasn't until Red. I, it wasn't until she teamed up with Red Skelton yeah. and Dewberry was a lady that she became oh. redhead. I so. love Room Service, and I had no idea Lucio Ball was in it. I, my takeaway okay. is that Here Marilyn Monroe was on the poster, and she was like in 30 seconds of the movie. I love early pictures of Lucy when she was first starting. Oh, her career. she was like that, like, she and had she that, like, blonde. Glant. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you know that uh, Lucy was asked to audition? She actually did audition for Scarlett O'Hara and Gone with the Wind. No, I didn't it know did that. It did not go well. Oh, <laughs> I did not know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, I couldn't really picture that. Oh my goodness! I need to rewatch Room Service. I love old Marx Brothers movies. Oh yeah, yeah. So cute. So oh, so y'all met at LA Center. At LA Center, which which yes. uh, used to be the um, oh was it? It's not. Was it Standard Oil? It was. It was a big oil company's like corporate headquarters in the '60s, which is why that building looks very Mad Men. And then they ended up filming Mad Men at L.A. Center, <laughs> which is kind of a full circle kind of thing. <laughs> it was either like uh, Texaco or Standard Oil with some kind of big corporate headquarters. Oh, and wow. then they built the stages around it. Um, but yes, they filmed Mad Men at L.A. Center. And I remember I used to work. I mean, we met on a, on a Disney pilot called Growing Up and Down that never mm-hmm. got produced. Yeah. Um, and you can see a script from the pilot episode that of Growing Up and on. Down that I took from set that says confidential, do not take from set. Um, mm-hmm. in, in and he did, and we have it framed in our it, living we, room. We have I love that. Yeah. Oh my God, y'all are we so also have it. We also have a ticket book from Disneyland from the 70s that she got me I'll as a gift. I'll show you that. Yeah, we're, Kyle's at our house, by the way. Yeah, yeah I'm we're here. We're sitting at, in our dining we're room. We're at the dining room table. That's um, the joy of this show. We cheese and wine. But anyways, uh, we met it. at LA Center, and it was a pilot. And it's you know what's so weird is that a couple years before, I was working on a Disney Channel show on the exact same stage that we met on. Really? I was. It was called Mighty Med. And it mm-hmm. was like superhero hospital in a log line. 
<laughs> oh my god, it's so funny. They went to Marvel with that idea, and like Marvel laughed them out of the room. And then they said, you know, we'll do it with Disney. And then Disney said, you can do it, but here's one one hundredth of the budget that yeah. you had asked for. So it went as well as you can expect it <laughs> right. to go. You, you didn't the, even have a the best money part of for craft service. Exactly. <laughs> the best part of that show was that we filmed right across from Mad Men when it was filming, and we would watch John Hamm in full costume learning his lines, pacing outside, smoking a cigarette, reading his sides, Ugh. and we'd be like, yes. oh, John Hamm. <laughs> like the, the AD office like faced out to their stages. So wait, are y'all both, do y'all both really love John Hamm? Oh my God, yes. Yeah. I think, okay, so here's my theory. Celebrity crush. Real no. quick, my theory is John Hamm is the celebrity version of cilantro. You either <laughs> love cilantro or it tastes like soap. <laughs> What? Wow. I don't really care for John Hamm. Oh my goodness! Really? Oh, sorry. Are you gonna be kicked out of your house? Oh my gosh! My God! <laughs> I mean, like I obviously, my husband Wait. is the number one hottest. Oh, Wait. we're stopping. Oh, we're stopping. Speaking of John Hamm, hello. <laughs> John Hamm. The other part of my date is. Oh, I have a can. I have a canned response that I always give to people when the name John Ham comes up, because yeah. people tend, to, especially here. Oh, that is his last name. Ham. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Your is last it really? name is Ham. Yeah. Are you related to John? And Hamm? so people say, "Are you related to John Ham?" Oh, please. Be and I say, "No, we John don't get any of that money." Oh. No. <laughs> not that I know of. I'm not related <laughs> to John Ham. <laughs> so I'm not going to give you too much of an introduction because everybody who listens to the show knows exactly who you are. <laughs> He's a he's a staple. He was on every episode during COVID of 2020. <laughs> of course. So, yes, you, well, you used oh, to John hang out ha- with John Hamm. Uh, I mean, uh, I used to watch him close I enough. Guess. Watch <laughs> him from afar. Stalker watch. Yeah, we <laughs> like, he's like smoking it was and reading a script. It was like me, one of the makeup artists, the second AD, and one of the kids on the show. We would all stare in like the AD office out the window and be like, "Oh, there's John Hamm." And oh. I think if you watched <laughs> Mad Men, you yeah, would feel differently. Yeah, I was about to say if you. And I also think you should watch if, Mad if Men. If you're okay. into yeah. if you're if you're into history enough that you like studied it, like <laughs> if ju- you like, like mid-century, ma- like Mad Men was such a like love letter for better for worse into the early mid and late 60s that you're kind of like the good and the bad of it because you watch movies from the 60s and they really couldn't tell you what the 60s was like there's like a really whitewashed version of the 60s that you see but Mad Men was really what the the 60s actually what we can imagine would have felt like where it was a lot of ugliness and glamour and everybody was drinking at lunch at work and smoking and, and somehow it's not acceptable now, but um, it, yeah, it's, it's a really more like, it's a, it's like a more holistic view of what that time was like to take the good with the bad. Well, I don't think you've ever really expressed a great deal of interest in the mid century. Have you? I do. I like, I like, it's interesting because when you like something, I feel like your interest in it changes a mm-hmm. bit. Like I mm-hmm. love history and like I've always loved Lucy, but I've never I've always been in the fifties. Like, well, actually, I take that back. I don't love the li- the fifties. I love Lucy. I don't know really any, <laughs> a lot of other TV shows from the fifties at all. The Dick really? Van Dyke Show. Well, that was sixties. Sixties, yeah. So yeah. I know a lot of the sixties and Mickey Mouse Club was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All I, all I knew. Uh, did you ever watch? Uh, did you ever watch like uh, You Bet Your Life? No. Leave oh. it to Beaver. I did watch Leave it to Beaver. Oh, you need to watch You Bet Your Life. Yeah. It was hosted by Groucho Marx. Really? Yeah. It's fun. I don't know you this can watch one. it on YouTube even. They're, I love they're this. all for free because nobody bothers See, to take I them on. Literally that's my thing. I, I literally love what I love and I love it and I don't like try to like be the not I don't try to be the know it all. I I know it all. Mm-hmm. In <laughs> the stuff that I'm interested in, I'm not the know-it-all, but I know it I, all. I mean, <laughs> because I just because I, I know it all. So why be the know-it-all when I mean, you know it the all? The stuff that I'm interested in, I try to go and know as much as I can. But other yeah. things, I'm just like I never went outside Lucy mm-hmm. in the fifties. Did you ever watch the show Hell on Wheels? Yes. Okay. I did. I, when you said reconstruction, I was like. I bet he watched Hell on Wheels. <laughs> I bet he did. And I would be very disappointed if he didn't. So I want to say, I want to stop real quick because we haven't really talked about you much, Janae. Oh. Um, 
what brought you to LA? What made you come oh, here? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so I went to college for music and I got my degree in music composition. And when I graduated, I had just gotten an apprenticeship with a, with a pretty, not like huge, but like decently big composer here who was doing film scoring, which is what I thought I wanted to do when I started that whole degree process. So I was really excited that um, I was the one chosen to be his apprentice. I moved to LA right out of college and I was so excited and, you know, being from a small town growing up and everything, this just felt so big and so great. But I also kind of became that stereotype where I got here and the job wasn't as glamorous as it had been sold to me. I can feel you from as far. Yeah. Resonating with her story, Ethan. Me? Yes. Mm. But can we continue? I think, I, um, con yeah, continue. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it just, um, I, was, I was made a lot of big promises about how much opportunity I would be given uh, working for this guy. And, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't the worst. He wasn't the worst of Hollywood because, you know, it can be pretty seedy and bad. But he wasn't all that I thought he would be as a mentor and as someone worth apprenticing. Um, a lot of times he oh, didn't wow. pay me. Um, or I would get paid and it would be a month later and it would be in cash. Um, and he would just up and disappear for weeks at a time and I'd call and call and be like, do you have work for me? I'd show up at the studio and the other people who would be in the studio would be like, yeah, I haven't heard from him either. I don't know where he's at. And come to find out he was in Georgia. So he's just like one of those like... So disorganized. One of those and a Andy Warhol, Truman Capote. I guess. I guess. So Long-suffering artists who can't Andy Warhol had a studio at the end, so he had his act <laughs> together, I think, a little right. bit more. Maybe. I mean, I, I... I think of Studio 54, and I'm like, all these people just mm -hmm. do drugs and do whatever they want. Yeah. But not I, that, you're, I, not that sure. your person was on drugs, but like just like, you just know... The rules of life didn't apply to right. him. Right, and he was he was motivated, but he was not organized. Um, and maybe he expected me to be more like um, an organizational assistant rather than someone who was learning the craft, um, mm -hmm. which I was there to learn the craft. Um, but, I mean, I realized in that experience and then um, others later through the years as I tried to continue pursuing that career um, that the film scoring world is um, maybe not for me and I'm not throwing it away and I'm not saying never, but I realized how difficult it is to be a woman in that field. Um, to name a female composer is a very difficult thing to do. I was about to say, I don't know any yeah. at all. And most people, most people don't. Unless you're in that world and you specifically seek out the female composers, right? Um, but especially in film scoring, it's it's a old white man world, and um, a lot of the stories that I learned about the men who are getting all these jobs and the big movies, um, except John Williams, who is wonderful. Um, so, except him, others, um, the ways in which they got those jobs is that they were already given privilege from their upbringing, from their family name, whatever it may be, or they did something just kind of like. They were in the room where it happened. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Most of the time, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, or they, they did something a little unsavory to get themselves out there, and a lot of unsavory still happens in that industry. Mm -hmm. And I was also really disappointed to learn that a lot of the people who are getting these big jobs, they're not really doing the writing. They have a lot of ghostwriters. Um, yeah. And so, you know, it's... <coughs> Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. <coughs> Hans Zimmer. Oh, yeah, for we're sure. We're dropping some names. Huh? I mean, yeah. Are you serious? Really? So serious. Yikes. Giant just team of ghostwriters. Not just one. I Shall mean, I drop team. a name? Because I'm curious at this point. Because mm -hmm. when you were talking about, oh, as soon as you said, oh, they, they might have ghostwriters, mm -hmm. I was like, the one person I can imagine who I hope would not have a ghostwriter is Danny Elfman. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Because his mu like you hear a piece of his music and you're like, oh, that's Danny Elfman. Right. Right. So a lot of times what will happen with composers like Danny Elfman, and I can't confirm this because I don't know for certain, but what I would guess based on what I know of the industry is that probably Danny Elfman gets hired for a project. He writes 
melodic material, a few measures of what he thinks will make really good melodies, um, and maybe just jot down some ideas about what should happen in the orchestration or things like that, and then pass it off to a ghostwriter, team of ghostwriters, orchestrators, people to basically fill out the whole movie based on the notes that he gave I them. I guess when you're that famous, though, it's really easy to get a ghostwriter for yourself because oh, yeah. you People have want a style. To. You mm-hmm. know you can hear Danny Elfman. You can hear Hans Zimmer mm-hmm. well, and there's by the ear. And, yes. and so and they, so if you're a composer who can write in that style, which is similar to saying you know a copywriter or an author or something who can write in a style, um, then there is certainly work for you, but it will never be glorious. And, and you can't say that you did exactly that. technically right. You like, can't. I don't know that you could even put on the resume. That's always been the sadness in me because I just I just read because I'm I'm a I've been endlessly fascinated. I'm endlessly fascinated by the great American tragedy, and to me, the greatest American tragedy that will ever be mm-hmm. is Donald J. Trump. Mm-hmm. And so I've been reading about him incessantly, and I just read his niece's book, and he hired her to ghostwrite a book for him. And she really? recounted that process of, like, he's stupid. <laughs> so, wow. Uh, basically. And, wow. and it's just, I, it just made me sad. Of course. To, like, think about, like, even for Donald Trump, to be, mm-hmm. it was sad for him that I'm like, wouldn't you want to write your own book? Yeah. Like, wouldn't you want to make your own music? Wouldn't you want to, mm-hmm. like, if it's going to have your name on it, don't you want to do it? Like, isn't that the joy of it well, all? Well, and I think that a lot of people probably consider ghostwriting as a stepping stone for their career. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. If, like, uh, somebody asked me to do something for them that I could do as a ghostwriter, I And you think, writer, I'm I would right next to genius, and I'm going to learn in this way. But, unfortunately, the reality is that doesn't pan out to mm-hmm. anything for most people. Yeah. So... I'll just fill you in because you just got here, mm-hmm. Ethan. Um, we are doing a podcast, and I was talking about making friends in adulthood, mm-hmm. and that's what we're doing. We're just getting to know each other on a on a double date. I d- I've already full disclaimer told the audience that I'm ripping off Double Date by Marlo Thomas and <laughs> Bill Donahue, but that's what we're doing today. And um, yeah, so just to fill you in on that, but I wanted to present a question to both of you. Um, when meeting a new friend in adulthood, now that you have a baby and you've got careers and your life is busy and all that, what is the criteria that's like, mm. they're going to be my friend or you're nice. I'll see you at church. I feel like I'll see you at the, at the office. I feel like something that's very LA specific friend criteria is that they live close to you. Yeah, they it, have to live within five to ten miles from you. Tens pushing if it. If you meet somebody that like, I mean, we live in Glendale, and if somebody lives in like Long Beach, you're like, you're well, like, it oh. was nice knowing you. <laughs> yes, it's but so we're true. never gonna see like, you. I, I feel and like this happened to me recently. I like met someone nice, and then she was like, oh yeah, I live in Santa Clarita, and oh, I was like, oh, you're like, oh. I'm never gonna drive to Santa well, Clarita. <laughs> we can be. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I mean I work in Santa Monica. Do you? Yeah, Oof. Did you not tell them that? Oof. I didn't. Yeah, that's, where I, that's where I came from just now. Oh. oh. I'm so sorry. Three days a week, I go back and forth from Santa Monica. Oh, mm. that hurts mm. me. So I'm like, it's fine. Like, mm. That's the thing. I have never once in my life not had to travel for work. So I also don't mind traveling for mm. friends, I guess. I guess it's wow. I'm used to it. Good well, I, when we lived in New York, we had friends that lived in Brooklyn, and we lived in Manhattan, and we never saw them. Yeah. But that's the thing, like, <laughs> there's, a, there's, there's like a thing where you like you've been here enough. But if and it's you're past like an hour, that's too far for me. Mm. I would go an hour. I'm not gonna go past an hour. Yeah. Yeah, but in LA, like, ten miles could be an hour depending on the time of day. That's true. Or direction. That's why. Yeah. That's why when somebody's like, if you're in, if you're like in downtown LA, and somebody's like, I'm in Manhattan Beach, you're like, you might as well be in Vermont because I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I will say Santa Monica is about as far as I will go. Yeah. yeah, like I have a friend who I hang out with a lot, and, and the, she lives there, and I will. That's about as far as it gets. And and you, even if somebody's like in Orange County, you'd be like, yeah. oh no no no, I'm not going to a different county. I'm not well, now Orange County. I'm like, if you live in Orange County and you want to invite me to a day at Disney, Disney meet us there. It will not well, take anything yeah, to get me there. Sure, but if you live in Orange County and you're not proposing we go to Disney, mm. I'm gonna be like, I don't no. think so. You've got crazy we people at your town hall friends. who want to, you know. Yeah, there's there's <laughs> no other part of Orange County that I want to be hanging well, out is in. That, do you think that's what happened when we were like, oh, oh, 
friends because when I found out that you lived close to us, I was like, this can work. Well, <laughs> it's an eight minute drive from my house to yours. Yeah. And your office is a one, maybe two minute drive from my house, which is like meant to be. I think that's um, yeah. When you when you said, oh, yeah, she works at this real estate office. I was like, oh, yeah, I know the one I go by there anytime I go out for a walk. it's so close yeah well and that yeah so and i i've i'm on some committees and some projects and you and i are already working together janae so i'm like i want to get to know nick yeah it's time so here we are yes here we are and you are fabulous so i'm excited i agree oh my goodness but Friend criteria, other than living within a close proximity, I feel yeah. like that's a pretty low bar. Um, there's obviously more that goes into it. Being parents, I guess, um, I feel like we have to meet friends who will understand that yeah. we're not going to hang out yeah. like yeah, we're like not gonna the, go party. They're like, "Hey, let's meet up at uh ten and you're like, "No, no. I, I'm in bed at ten thirty. <laughs> like, I'm some not nights we will hang later than that if if we're having fun, well, but it's w- not something we can like, not, repeatedly we're, do. We're not starting our night. No, we're not no, going no. out at ten, <laughs> thinking this is the beginning of the night. Do you want to speak on that? <laughs> I'm feeling heavy shade coming from my immediate oh, left. Oh no, <laughs> that's totally me. Like, oh. but that's. Kind of how I've always been. I'm. I used to stay up later than I do now. Uh huh. But I've never wanted to like go out and do stuff. That's never been my scene. Uh-huh. Mm. Um. So we do every now and then when somebody gets the itch it's to the, go. I think it's <laughs> the it's the it's the baby aspect yeah. that ties into no, no, no. it I because because now our schedule is really like nine thirty to four a.m. We have no babies and we're and we're very <laughs> much on the same schedule. You are. We're like we started to be I like just do it by choice. Yeah. <laughs> I want it that way. <laughs> yeah, we were like, after a day with, with her, we're like, I need to go to bed. And then we were like, wait a second. If we wake up early, we can have time Before while she's she still up. asleep. Mm-hmm. And then we discover the thing that every old person has discovered, that like most things are around when you wake up early in the morning. So we like... Are we wake up at four. Most we wake mornings. up at four and yeah. then get like uh, about two hours of like work or getting ready or whatever b- before house, she gets whatever. up mm-hmm. and at first it was not great but now you're like wow i'm I, I i see the value in it and then and then all of a sudden you know the aarp membership shows up in the mail and uh <laughs> <laughs> did you know ethan that you, there's no age limit on aarp there's not you can sign up at any age you can this sign is up a now hot tip for all you listeners you can sign up now and sign start getting up. the discounts now so why is it marketed toward it's just not marketed because toward them, but I it might be a it might be a legality thing where you can't exclude people that are not of uh-huh. a it's kind of like like reverse ageism if yeah. you will. So they can market heavily towards people over sixty five, but they can't exclude them. So you could sign up now and get all the AARP benefits. Interesting. Yeah, I'm not doing that. I I, re- I refuse <laughs> to Why be not? old. I refuse to subscribe to then old. Their, then their marketing has worked. It's you know, worked. You know what you're doing right now. You're basically doing the same thing as, oh, no, I'm not going to use that skincare. It's for women. Okay, I'll, I'll sign up for AARP today. It's the same thing. It's all marketing. It is. It is all it marketing. Is. It's the pink bottle. Mm-hmm. I have a marketing story about that. For, I know we're bouncing all over the place. All oh, over. this this episode is... It's, it's the it's, wine. But the thing <laughs> is, the thing is, you go on a double date with people and you're... I mean, it's an interview. It's sort of like, hey, are we going to be friends beyond this night? And you drink well, wine. No, I don't have any more wine. What <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. We're over here talking about wine. Um, Would yeah. you like a Cote de Rhone? I could open a Cote de Rhone. Oh, What's a Cote de Rhone? Two bottles of the white wine. Yes, already? we did. But 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 Kyle brought wine. Would you like that wine as well? Yeah. I will then open that wine. What is a Cote? I did bring Josh. He did bring Cote Josh. Uh, okay, I'm gonna butcher this, but um, it's a it's red French. wine from a region from the Rhone region of France. Cote de Rhone is? Cote de Rhone. Um, and we had it when we went to Europe to visit her mom. And I, I had not heard of that kind of wine before. But ever since then, I'm, it's almost like the tartness of a Malbec with the dryness of a more French wine. And I really, really like it. Um, same with, it's very pretentious, a, um, hang on. Chateauneuf-de-Pup. Oh, you, you took it from me from <laughs> saying it. It's called a Chateauneuf-de-Pup. Uh, 
It's from a very, very specific area of France, and it is a very... I need you all listening to imagine the most pretentious face you could have possibly seen as... Chateauneuf de Pup. He's doing a lot of neck movement. Yeah, if if you go to BevMo, you look at the France area of wine, you will see a Chateauneuf de Pup, and you will see the price, and you'll go, oh my goodness, that that deserves that amount of pronunciation. You weren't here when I made the assessment that Nick is a pretentious wine connoisseur. Not pr- okay, but <laughs> not pretentious. You're not even on mic right now, um, but no, that's the way double dates go. So we're gonna we're about to wrap this up and continue our double date without the microphones in our face because there'll be more wine. Uh huh. There'll be more some crackers and some some prosciutto. But before we go, everything. I think that um, Nick needs to show you these oh ashtrays. Yeah, so before we do go, speaking of those ashtrays, we'll get to that in a second. The thing that brought us together, the because me and you, Janae, mm-hmm. we were we were sort of the the procurers of this friendship between the four of us. Yes. Um, and the thing that brought us together is we are nerds in the same exact way. That's true. Like television and Disney. Yes. So. Yes. Um, and you, I can't. Can I tell what you told me before you got here about your vacation club? Sure. So before you got here, Ethan, Janae revealed to me in a covert way that she and Nick are members of the Disney Vacation Club. And they told me how much it costs. And now we're in trouble because I've got new bills to pay. <laughs> I don't I don't know how much it costs. So you can tell me that information off the microphones. Oh, yeah. We might. Be, well, I, I said, well, Nick was telling me and. I said, oh, I'm in trouble because I'm gonna, we're going to be taking vacations together for the rest of our lives now because I'm about to join this club. Um, we, I mean, we love it. We tell all of our friends how much we love Disney Vacation Club. It's like such a good value and it's so fun. And, you know, honestly, like besides the value aspect, just when you go on a vacation and you check in, they are so warm and friendly to you, and they always say, welcome home. And you know what? It sound, at first, it sounds like really culty, but, <laughs> but it's, the first time you hear it at the front desk where they're like, oh, welcome home, you're like, oh, yes, I am home. Okay, so I'm going to say this, and hopefully this doesn't make you feel odd, but isn't everything in life a cult? Like, isn't everything really a cult? You bond over the television show you watch. You bond over... I mean, you bond over everything, and like yeah, but I think a cult is like there has to be like a money giving aspect. And well, oh shit, oh, that's true. Disney that's money, true. or oh, you know, no. danger to one's livelihood. That too. Aspect. That too. Imprisonment is also a theme. There's more themes to cults <laughs> than than is what we're describing. We're describing just liking something a lot. Yeah. But enough talk about Disney. <laughs> Anyway, so you have Disney yes. paraphernalia also. Oh, we're big Disney people. Nick has oh. several associations with people that I need to know in my real life personally. <laughs> I won't go into name calling. But what are we looking at here, Nick? Uh, so this is going to, the first one is going to be an antique Disneyland ashtray that was never used. Hmm. Um, but it's going to be circa 19... 67, 68, because you're going to see New Orleans Square there featured, and New Orleans Square was famously built by the proceeds uh, from Mary Poppins. Um, And then Mary Poppins came out in 66, and then Walt died in December of 66. So the fact that that's there as kind of a marketing aspect kind of tells you where it is in the timeline. Um, Ashtrays, as you can imagine, would get kind of get worn out as you use them. So the fact that this one has all of its kind of decoration means it was never used. And then very similarly in the exact same style is going to be one from Walt Disney World, um, which... um, Has to to be at least 71. So Disney World opened October 1st, 1971. And to the best of my knowledge, that ashtray is from October 1st, 1971, because... Um, you will see things like the Contemporary Hotel as a attraction, which definitely was something that they marketed when the resort first opened. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, uh, it, it again, was never used, and they both kind of have this kind of like wavy glass uh, look to them. And Well, and two, it's, 
back when businesses marketed by issuing ashtrays. Oh, yeah. oh you know what? Ashtrays. You can't smoke yes. anywhere anymore. Speaking of ashtrays, no. we have one more really cool one. So, yeah, we, that's what we were talking about. And we the don't smoke, but we just like how these look so Dis much. <laughs> uh, Nick, and, Nick and Janae are Disney fanatics like you and I are. So that's one from Delta oh, cool. Airlines from 1949 that would have been in the um, on the plane. It was the 20th anniversary of, of Delta. passenger service. It exactly. Says. <laughs> um, and that one, again, was never used. Um, but Maybe that lightly, but that would uh, lightly, but not enough to use up the uh, the enamel on there. But yeah, that was on a plane, ceramic, if you can believe That's it. So cool, and was not cracked or scratched well, or. But yes, we're big Disney people. My dad actually used to work in feature animation when I was really? little. Yeah. Okay. Nick, Nick, I'm, I'm and we <laughs> used to have a silver pass, so we could go. I'm so I'm sorry. We can go. Of Nick. We can go whenever we wanted because he had that. It was like an employee perk. So when I was growing up here in LA, it was just like. What do you want to do? I want to go to Disneyland. Okay, we'll go because they had the past. So much like you're into history after the Civil War, me in like Disney and Disney history is like the really like nerdy kind of thing that I kind of get into that's not uh -huh. part of my regular job, well, but I really fantastic. love it. I love that. Are you ready for something that's going to make you sort of have a mental... Overload. Yeah, get, get I Ethan, think I know what you're gonna say. Ethan, Ethan has been to Disneyland exactly one time. Oh, oh that's God. not what I thought you were gonna say. Tell them how many times I've been to Disney World. Zero. What? He's never what? been to Disney World. I've been. Tw I've only been twice. Oh my God. What, what did you think? How, how many times have say? you been to Club Thirty Three? I've never been to Club 33, oh, you crazy fool. Are you going to take me? Are we going to do this? Is this about to happen? Off mic. Hang on, hang on. We need, really we need to turn <laughs> off the microphone. I'm going to show off real quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like we need to have another double date. Oh, and wait, what did you think we were going to I thought you were going to talk about Exatencio. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a whole long story about Exitensio. Oh, I love Exitensio. Have I not told you that story? No, did I you haven't. You that story? I did. Mm -hmm. I'll have to tell you my, you, my Did you know Exitensio? I met Exitensio <gasps> personally. There are somewhere. I'd have to find them, but I have pictures <gasps> of me in Exitensio. So, oh I'm so excited. So, okay. <sighs> this is your homework, guys. Okay. If you don't know Exitensio, go look him up. Uh -huh. X. X. Like the letter X. Xavier. His name is Xavier Tensio. Exitensio. A um, but he went by X because, you know, people in the 50s. Cool. Olden times. Olden times. Spanish names. Whatever. Well, if I could go by X, I'd go by X. That's X the cool. Owl from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Oh, All the coolest okay. people are by, go by yeah, X. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, I'm starting to feel the wine. <laughs> and I'm going to turn off my day job. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'll just say, as Kyle said previously, I only just arrived. And I'm, alre I'm already uh, a quiver with anticipation because... Uh, I'm already picking up on two things I that are crossovers. Quiver with anticipation. <laughs> so um, I'll say But that maybe Sarah, the rain. <laughs> Sarah will isn't really to blame. You. Sarah, friend of the show, Rocky Horror Picture Show is my best so friend I'll in the whole world's the favorite cause. movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna let him go. Yeah, keep going, keep going. But not the symptoms. <laughs> I've never seen him do that before. <laughs> She knows I love that movie. I do know, um, but it's one of my I'm also glad movies. you picked up on my loose reference that I was. Yeah, I love it. I love um, it. I'm picking up on two crossovers that I think I can bond with the two of you mm. on very much, which is Disney and mm. anything old. Yes. Yeah. So I'm excited yeah. already. Yeah. Second favorite movie, Rocky Horror Picture Show. So First favorite movie, Casablanca. Really? Oh my God. That's oh. interesting. Oh, I used to work at the Warner Brothers lot, and there is one <laughs> exterior on one innocuous street that is still left over from Casablanca. And I like gushed over it when I worked there because it's, it was there. It was, I'm so sorry. Yes. I'm getting the wrap it up signal from my <laughs> producer. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, but yes, that, that movie is so everything. Since you just got here, I'm going to end the show because this has been a lovely first date, first double date. Mm -hmm. And we're not done, but I will tell you, Nick is looking for a buddy to go golfing with. <gasps> Stop it. Yes. <laughs> okay. Nobody will go golfing with me. Oh, I would love it. How fun. Have you, been to, have you gone to Los Angeles? I, ha I yet? don't have any clubs here. 
Oh, okay. So I need to either purchase new ones or get my yes. old ones shipped. I yeah. have, I literally, I'm still on the like starter set of clubs that I bought. And I was told by somebody that like a pro with starter clubs is better than a novice with like the most expensive clubs in the world. So I'm still confident that my starter clubs are like what's going to like see me through. As someone who is used to going golfing with my dad. Yeah. Who... I watched many, many times drive a super high, like 410 yard drive on his little one wooden wood. Watch it, buddy. We're about to wrap this up. I'm very bored with the story. This is not a golf Ow. podcast. Oh, <laughs> oh, I was assaulted by the mic. Yeah. yeah. Kyle. He's yeah, driving little, 400 yards on uh-huh. a, oh with those God. little wooden yeah, drivers yeah. that go. Yeah. And you hit them. Yep. Yeah. 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 I have green. like a, whatever. I don't even know what it is. It's like a top, top, golf top something no that's a that's a driving range it's like a, it was like a literally top uh, oh was it top top something it's like the starter set yeah. i got at like um dick sporting goods <laughs> it came as like a set where i didn't have to like get anything else okay folks this is gonna be the end of this show <laughs> this so. is the beginning of golf talk <laughs> with ethan and nick so. we'll be taking the next hour talking about golf in los angeles and i'm pleased oh and I'm pleased to tease our brand new podcast, yeah, Golf Chat. Golf Chat. <laughs> Young people that like golf and are not old and like to play at municipal courses because it's not the end of the world. Um, golf Talk. Brought to you by Fan Service Thanks Apparel. for having us, Kyle. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. I'm so excited about continuing all the conversations mm-hmm. we started on this podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Continuing. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that's the whole point of this podcast convention. is... It's the ongoing conversation between me and all the people I love. So thank you for coming on today, yeah. Nick and Janae. It was not for nothing. Listen, oh, there you go. <laughs> well, listen, before we do go, I want uh-huh. you to tell everybody, you got a podcast. We do. We have our, Nick and I have our own mm-hmm. podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, we've just started it and we uh, we need some subscribers. We would love it if you'd subscribe. Mm-hmm. Um, it is called Spoiler Alert, Alert. by Fan Service, Service Apparel. Apparel. Um, <laughs> we just said it. <laughs> the same time um yes it's called spoiler spoiler alert um you can find it pretty much anywhere um that you get podcasts yeah. so yeah check it out check uh, i listened to the first episode yeah i'm quivering with anticipation oh good <laughs> um because i love i loved it it was great we were Thank we're you. talking about uh you know fandoms and you know yeah. marvel dc disney in a kind of like non-judgmental purely fan enthusiastic type of way and yeah i mean we could uh, yeah check it out subscribe if you want to keep listening we keep reaching out to chobani and they won't get back to us unless we have enough subscribers so (laughs) it's like please (laughs) well all right guys we're going to continue drinking a little wine having a little prosciutto and some cheese but remember we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Go get your vaccines. That's mm-hmm. right. That's how we're going to get through this. Mm-hmm. Wear your mask when you're asked to. Don't be a jerk. Mm-hmm. And have some fun because mm-hmm. summer's almost over and Halloween is coming. Yes. And we all love the fall. Yay. Mm-hmm. See you next week. <laughs>